Um, when I was little, my mum used to have one of these um, swimming hats, you know, with like those terrible flowers all over them, yeah? And I always just think she looked really awful in it. And, um, and of course, now I'd love one. So if anyone has one, doesn't need it, let me know. Yellow dahlias. This is the image that sticks. My married mother, her costume cut low and high. One foot below the impossible blue of a honeymoon pool. The other poised on the metal step, her face fresh of makeup. Brows plucked in static surprise. Eyes wide with the rubber pull of yellow dahlias. Her new ring and bracelet, a triumph. My mother emerging from the water as I'd never seen her before. Her head, a Belisha beacon of hope. And this is the man she married. Willpower. He couldn't say no to a fried egg sarnie, smeared with daddy's sauce, eating two as a snack. Other days, our stepfather barely ate, yet was up at four, his engine running as he lifted truckloads of turf. He was always jumpy, mostly in a temper in our front room. We were all hemmed in by the giant sofa. When he didn't eat, he was worse, resenting the lack of food, his 17 stones, me, the eldest, who ate what she wanted and stayed slim. And he couldn't eat or sleep after work, but sprawled on the couch in silk pyjama bottoms, lolloping breasts bared as he flicked between channels, riffled through the sport and the people. He bought his slimming tablets, speed, amphetamines, whiz, in bulk in Thailand. Gave my sister two when she said she'd put on weight. She skipped breakfast, lunch and tea. Her brown eyes buzzed through school. Her heart sprinted for days. She learnt to say no to his pills, his fried egg sarnies. His moods darkened, though he never hit us like he did our mother. I once told him to punch me and his ice blue eyes screwed into mine, acid in the crease of his lips, his florid face too close. Then he'd catch the TV's whine of motor racing and heave his frame back to the sofa and I'd escape, another drug bolting through my veins. Sometimes hate, sometimes pity, but always cut with fear. Sometimes I think if you have somebody that you really dislike, um, but you want to sort of uh, approach in some way, um, 
I was sort of trying to find a good way into doing that in with terms of writing about my stepfather. Um, and, uh, well, he was, well, when, when I knew him, and, and the, the terminology was, was used then was a cross-dresser. And, um, and I thought, well, that was one way, actually, that had he been able to talk about it, and um, we might have actually been able to get somewhere with each other, anyway. This is pop socks and manicures. Seeing the drag queens tonight, I wonder if I've ever applauded you and not known. Your wardrobe was always locked. I'd got used to your kimono, pop socks and manicures, hair dye, eyelash tint, the annual trip to Thailand. I wouldn't have cared about a rack of dresses, several sizes larger than hers, your huge stilettos. I wasn't that sort of child. I'm still not. I scan the faces of these men. Perhaps one night we won't argue. We'll sing. Just sing. I'm reading from The Way the Crocodile Taught Me, which was just published earlier this year. Um, just sequence poems about my stepfather, a sequence of poems about my nan. My, my nan was great. Um, I'm just going to read one of the nan poems. Um, I was uh, the first person from my family to go on to higher education, and um, I grew up in Margate in Kent, and I live in Penzance now. And uh, it was when I'd go back home um, from London, where I was at college. It was like I'd sort of changed class somehow, you know, and um, everybody treated you quite differently, even though you feel exactly the same. Um, this is what Nan said. On my first trip home from college, you've got ideas above your station, as if I should have stayed below stairs never ventured out of our sitcom. I'd probably been showing off, talking politics in French. <laughs> Nan didn't get to study. Some of us had to work for a living. I can translate all of this now I've travelled above ground. If Nan were here, I'd try to tell her. I'm still the same girl La Mem. Uh, okay. This this poem is based on a on a true story. Um, it's called the woman who married the Berlin Wall, and apparently there there are two women who believe themselves married to the Berlin Wall. Um, one's American, and um, this woman is Swedish. So I've written about the Swedish woman. I just thought it was such a great idea. The woman who married the Berlin Wall fell in love at the age of seven, thrilling to this Berliner's slim sensuality, his horizontal lines, his sense of division, found the great wall of China far too stout. She used the words he 
or my husband, made models of her lover, took him on sleigh rides so he could enjoy her native northern Sweden. She papered her rooms from bulging scrapbooks. On her sixth visit, they wed a small ceremony. She scratched her desire deep into his core, knowing he couldn't leave until he was demolished, chunk by chunk. She felt she owned him outright. I have some sympathy for a woman who could love a wall. I have practiced kissing tables, licking car seats, have pressed myself against an aeroplane's wing. Um, this next poem is always quite a tough one for me to read. It might be quite tough to hear as well. Um, it's strange to do sitting down. The bicycle. I was okay. Nothing had happened. Nothing bad had happened. I couldn't get up from the bench. Couldn't do up my dungarees. It was cold. It was night. The man had gone, and that was good. I was okay. I could sit up, peel myself from the bench's slats, which had pressed deep inside. It could have been worse. I was shaking. It was night. The bicycle was too heavy. My dungarees kept slipping. Buttons were missing. I had to get home. It was so hard to walk. My head hurt, kept punching inside. My teeth couldn't stop talking. It could have been worse. My jaw hurt and my breasts were raw. I couldn't pick up the bicycle, its spinning wheel. Couldn't walk with the bicycle. I had to get home to wash, sleep, throw these clothes away. I was shaking, I was cold. My dungarees wouldn't do up. I would be all right. It was just this bicycle I needed. This is... I've got two poems left. Um, this poem's a lot jollier, you might be glad to hear. Um, I don't know if any of you have read um, Moniza Alvey. Um, which is a poet I really admire. Um, it's, um, it's worth checking out. Um, she wrote a poem called All Fours, and um, I like the idea of this, so I've taken that as a starting point for a poem, but run off in a very different direction with it. Um, this is Bestial, after Manisa Alvey. My husband took to running on all fours, sniffed me to communicate, licked and nuzzled. 
For my birthday, he fetched peonies from the park, snapped at the roots in his teeth. He liked his arse in the air, balls swinging like a lion's in their hairy nest. His shoulder blades triangled, winged, as if he might leave, sorry, as if he might leave rectangular contact with earth, become a little pegasus. Instead, he upped his mileage. Four legs good, he'd quote, at marathon officials. On our first anniversary, to prove my love and to help his posture, I took him to the optician who made him spectacles with upward reflecting mirrors to keep his spine in line with his neck. He ran all the faster. One night, he asked to be excused from the table, lapped his food from a silver dish at my feet, slept at the foot of the bed. Sex was barely any different to before, but I had to lower myself for his kisses. I balked at his pleading for a collar and lead, initially. <laughs> And this is my last poem, which is the, the title poem, The Way the Crocodile Taught Me. I swooned at the large god of him, sunning, a tooth for every day of my life. He performed his run along the bank, as males do. I brought my boat closer. He took to following at a distance. I wasn't taken in, knew his four-chambered heart pumped love out and in, in and out, knew his tongue had few good uses, knew all about his grin. Yet whoever said he was cold-blooded has never truly known this beast. He brought out the prehistoric in me. I dived. We swam belly to belly to where the Niles meet, tussled as we thrashed among the weeds. After, I lay the length of him, a limestone lilo, studs patterning my skin. He smiled at me, often, taught me all he knew. Years later, when a man tried to drag me under, I practised the force my lover had held back, levered my small jaws open to their furthest extent, splashed them down on the human's arm. My attacker still carries the mark of my smile. Thanks very much. Thank you so much for